everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Friendly Local Game Pod, where we talk about board games, and mostly board games, and a little more board games, and then sometimes some other nerdy stuff. How are you, Rachel? <laughs> I'm good. How are you doing, Jenna? I am good. What games have you been playing? So I had the opportunity to introduce a friend to Scythe, which I know Scythe has been around for quite a while. It's a very high, it's remained very high in people's favorite game lists. There's lots of fans of Scythe. The game's by Jamie Stegmeier. And I just wanted to talk about kind of my love for this game. When I saw this game at first, I looked at it, it looks like a World War II dudes on a map game. And I was like, hmm, this looks like Risk, and I'm not interested. <laughs> you know, it just did not look like my thing. I'm not into historical war games. And shock, my husband was like, Nope, you've got to try it. It's a not a war game. It looks like territory control. I promise you it's not territory control only. There's a little bit of territory control, but it's not anything like a traditional war game. And so I got the opportunity to play it with him. And I was like, this is amazing. It's one of the very first sort of Euro-ish worker placement games that we played together. And I really, really like it. So it's it's been out since 2016. Which seems really recent, but is old in the world of board gaming already. <laughs> true. Lots know? happened in six years. Yeah, yeah. I got to introduce this to a friend, and, and there are things that I really, really like about this game. And uh, one of those is the artwork. The artwork is sort of this alternate Eastern European style 1920s impressionist artwork. It's very bizarre. There's like... <laughs> mechs in the background and peasants collecting grain in the foreground in a lot of pictures and but I really like it it's so thematic and it's so interesting like I really want some of that artwork to hang on my walls at home the the mechs moving through the mist (laughs) (laughs) for whatever reason it it almost seems beautiful to me now Mm. and which is really weird for me to say, because I'm not a big robot fan, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm just really a big fan of the artwork. The artist is Jakub Rosalski, and he just did a phenomenal job. The other thing that I really like about this game is that, you know, like I said before, even though there is some territory control, it really, there's not huge benefits to fighting. Fighting might get you towards a goal that you're trying to reach because there are some end game goals, but it doesn't really benefit you that much to win. And it doesn't really detract too much from what you're trying to do to lose. Now, if you have a game that's heavy combat and people are just combating because they want to do that, it could certainly be more military heavy, more fighting heavy, but I don't think you would see those parties do well at the end game. I think that would really detract from their points at the end game. This is a very low point scoring game. So every point matters in this game. And usually the scores are within just a couple points of each other at the end. It is slightly asymmetric, but very well balanced. So every player has a player board, and it has actions on it. And there's four different categories of actions. And you take the top action, and then you have the opportunity to take the bottom action. You can't select the same top action twice in a row. 
So you have to move each turn. So it becomes a matter of, do I have the resources I need? Am I taking the most advantage out of that action selection? Am I going to do both, be able to do both the top and the bottom action? If I do those, is that going to take resources that I might need for some other objective? So you are producing resources on different hexes. You're moving. You are potentially fighting. You are creating monuments that give you other actions that you're able to take. You're putting mechs out onto the board, which mechs, the primary benefit to having mechs on the board, they do have a slight increase to your military ability, but they're able to cross rivers and they're able to take more movement and they can carry workers with them. So that's the benefit to having mechs is that it gives you more movement. So that's really interesting. Everybody's player board pretty much has the same actions. But for different factions, certain actions are going to cost you more, or you're going to get a greater benefit than other factions. So that's what the difference is between factions. I've never played a faction that I'm like, oh, yeah, this is far away the best, or oh, I hate playing this faction. It all seems pretty well balanced to me, which I really, really like about this game. It is no surprise to me that it is as high as it is on Board Game Geek. When you look at the game, it is a little daunting because there's a lot of symbology on the player boards. As soon as someone explains it to you, it becomes very clear. If you have someone who's played this game before, who can teach the game, you can teach this game fairly quickly. It's easy to read the symbology as soon as you and iconography as soon as someone has explained it to you. So it's easy to teach, easier than it looks like it would you would be able to teach it for <laughs> sure. But it's fairly easy to teach for such a, a complex game. And it plays pretty fast for that sort of game. When you start at the beginning, you're like, oh man, I can only move one hex. I can only produce one thing if I go to produce. So at the beginning of the game, you're almost always taking just the top actions because you don't have the resources to take advantage of the secondary action. It seems like the first half of the game, you're like, man, I am not getting anywhere. I'm not taking advantage of nearly what enough of what I should be taking advantage of. And then the second half of the game just ramps up. And it's just like you're doing like all these different things at once. And it's, you know, this action is leading to that action. And you can chain things together a bit, which I think is really cool. It's a really cool aspect of this game. Another thing is that like your military ability is a resource, basically. So you can increase your military ability. You can actually use that military ability as a resource for some actions. So you can ramp it up just to use it to do something else rather than ramping it up just to fight, hmm. which I think is really interesting. And then the fighting you do um, hidden from the other player, you choose, you basically bet on on whether or not you're going to win. And so if you aren't that interested in winning or losing isn't going to be that big of a loss for you, you can bet really low and then you're not losing hardly anything, but that other person might be putting up quite a bit to right. fight you. So that that's interesting too. And I would say if you've ever looked at this game and thought, you military 
war game, not interested, give it a go. If you are into worker placement, if you're into games where you can sort of chain actions, this is much more friendly than it appears, uh, much less a war game than a very strategic resource management style action selection game. So big fan. I think that will always be in our collection. I love introducing it to new people. And we had a really good uh, time introducing a friend of ours to it, who's relatively new to modern board games. And he took to it like a duck to water. (laughs) It wasn't hard to explain. And as soon as he got like the actions, like, oh, I could do this, and it'll unlock that. He was right in there with us and and did very well. So it's not a game to shy away from just based on how it looks. It is a table hog. (laughs) What game isn't anymore? I know, I know. And you can even get a larger board if you'd like to, to add more players. (laughs) Of course. It, It plays one to five. I would say four is probably good. You can get expansions to bump it up. I don't know if I would do that. But a lot of people do play at the higher player numbers. You are going to increase the time significantly by doing that. Mm-hmm. But the, the turns actually go fairly quick. So, yeah, that is Scythe by Jamie Sigmeyer. Yeah, this is actually one that I have not played yet. And our friend Bill keeps like, oh, you got to play it. You got to play it. You got to play it. And I'll, I'll admit, I'm one of those that I, I, I'm not into the art at all, the mechs in the background and the mist. I'm like, <laughs> I, I didn't really like War of the Worlds. You know, like I I just, <laughs> I it's not a thing that I look at and I'm instantly drawn to. And I, I do know a little bit about the gameplay and I do think it is mechanically right up my alley. So I'm, I'm willing to play it, but it's definitely like not been high on my list <laughs> to pursue. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's one I'll play. It's one of those like, you know, we picked up Castles of Burgundy because it's a classic. And even though it doesn't look super fun, it's you it's a classic you gotta play right, it right yeah. and once you play it you're like okay this is actually really great <laughs> and i i think that's probably gonna be the situation with scythe too i think after you play scythe once you will win every time <laughs> it is exactly the kind of mechanics that you just like excel at yeah i think you'd actually really like it despite the theming <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even the theme i the theme is fine yeah. it's just not anything that really appeals to me at all so yeah, we'll see yeah i yeah. will reserve judgment until further evidence yeah i've got to talk to our friend bill and uh i just printed a big 3d in- or big 3d printed insert for his game so oh, did you <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh it does have minis yeah and the game yep. does have minis too there's a ton in the box it's an yeah. expensive game yeah but you actually don't use the minis that much but they look kind of cool yeah the mechs look kind of neat yeah, <laughs> yeah. But anyhow, what have you been playing? So on a totally different scale of things, the game that I want to talk about is Project L. And this was one that I was excited about a while ago, sometime last year, because we were kind of a late to the party. They came out with an expansion and we backed and kind of late pledged for, for everything. And I am a sucker for polyomino games. I like polyomino mm-hmm. games. I was a huge Tetris player as a kid. So, I mean, any way I can use those skills again, I'm in. And uh, this isn't fully Tetris. There are, you know, one by one squares and one by two. And, you know, so it's it's very small pieces to very, very large pieces. But Project L is essentially a game where you are filling spaces on a double layered cardboard to fill shapes. And... 
completing shapes with the pieces that you have at your disposal will get you points. Whoever can do that the best over the course of the game until one of the decks runs out wins. So as you play, you can take a puzzle as one action. You can place a piece as another action, or you can do what's called a master, which you place one piece on each of the puzzles that you have in front of you, and you can have a max of four puzzles in front of you, or you can upgrade a piece. So take a piece from like a level one to a level two. So I could take my little one by one square and turn it into a one by two square or something like that. And so that's basically what you can do. Completing puzzles sometimes will give you points. Sometimes will give you a new piece. Sometimes it'll give you both uh, points and a new piece. There are kind of basic puzzles that you start with, and then there are tougher puzzles that you can get to and purchase. There's a black deck and a white deck. Uh, I can't remember which is which, but one of them is the easier one. I think the white deck is the easier puzzles. The black deck is the the two more challenging ones that are worth more points. It's a very fast game. It's super easy to teach. It's so light. You could easily play this with kids. Easily. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. they say age eight plus. Oh, man, you could teach this to a younger kid. You know, they might not get all the intricacies of the strategy, but they could play it. No problem. And it's, it's just enjoyable. It's a... It's reminiscent of those Tetris battles where it's kind of a, sh- well, I guess Tetris could drag on for a while sometimes, but, um, <laughs> but like it's a short burst of, you know, and it is, it's 20 to 40 minutes. When we sat down and played it, it was five of us and three were learning it. And we sat down and played through a whole game, like set up to take down in 40 minutes. We were done. Yep. And that was learning it. And it, it's great. It's great to have a game like that that's very simple to to set up. And we have the fancy version because we did we did back <laughs> it, but the components of this game are phenomenal. It's little yeah. acrylic pieces. You've got the dual layer cardboard. It's done very well. It's pretty. It's yeah. you know, this yeah. would be a great one for classrooms because it's just little brain burny strategy, very short, very easy to to tackle. It's it's a great game. It's done very well. So the publisher's board cubator, and they this is overseas somewhere. I don't know which country is where this originated, and so it's a little hard to get unless you were a, a Kickstarter backer. That was one of the reason, reasons we jumped in because I was like, ah, I really think I'm gonna like this game, <laughs> but it was it's not one that I think is readily available at retail in the United States. I think if you go to like the Project L official homepage, you might be able to order from them and that might be your best bet. I kind of am guessing they will maybe come out with some more content at some point or they'll just do a second print run. And you could, we have the expansions that we haven't played yet, but I'm looking forward to it because I do think they add a little bit of extra, a little bit of complexity, that kind of stuff, which I'm excited about. But the base game as is, I would play. It's, it's great to have in our collection when we might have new players come over. It's not intimidating. No. It's not <laughs> complex. It's a one and a half complexity on Board Game Geek, you know, so it's it's light, but it's strategic enough and fun enough that seasoned gamers are going to enjoy it, yes. I think, for the yep. most part. So I do too. Yeah, and it's always pretty tight at the end, you know, because mm-hmm. you're really racing with minimal pieces and minimal options, and so you're just, like, trying to maximize just enough to squeak out a point or two. Right, yeah. And that's all you're trying to do with your three actions. Yep. And you can only do that master action once. So the master action is when you can put a p- one piece on each of the puzzles in front of you, but you only can do that once during your turn. So you have to try to time it to maximize what you have available, and it's it's great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so that's Project L. Yeah, I really enjoyed playing that uh, last week when yeah. you introduced it to us. I would be really surprised if we didn't see it with a wider distribution at some point. Yeah, I, I wonder if maybe just the 
I'm sure it's a little bit complex. Well, but those polyomino shapes are pretty common. You know, it's not like it's a new thing for yeah. people to to come up with. I would hope so. It's it's great. But I think maybe because it originated and it was only kickstarted and it hasn't gone to retail in the US, I'm assuming that's just part of it that we haven't seen it come sure. out. Sure. So. Yeah. It's a game that I think would sell well. Yeah. Not only in game stores, but like it's a game that would sell well in big box stores. It's one of those games that you could see being a classic. Yeah. Like a classic family game that like, yep. you know, when we go to grandmother's, we play Boggle, you know, but instead like, yes. you know, hey, we're going to play. Because who Project you're going to get is that maybe the people our age that played Tetris as a kid, but aren't yep. really into board games. They're going to look at this and go, I mean, I, I can like Tetris. Yeah, I like Tetris. <laughs> And that's, that's going to be your hook. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's a great game to look into. Like I said, it's, it's might be a little tough to come by. I mean, I'm sure you can find somebody selling it somewhere, but whether or not you want to pay that exorbitant price. And to be honest, for a family game, just the base game is really all you need. I don't think you're going to need those extra expansions. If you have a consistent board game group, I do think maybe the expansions are going to be necessary to add a couple layers of complexity once in a while. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but I, I wish I could tell you how much that base game would be. I I don't really know how much they're going to charge for that. I would assume it's going to be somewhere in the $35, $40 range, yep. which for the components you're getting is pretty good. The deluxe version is worth it if yeah. you do want it because it has the nice game trays and it has everything parted and pieced out and it's very easy to set up. But yeah, might be a little challenging to find. So that's Project L. So what are you excited about? I am excited. Um, I think I've probably mentioned that I'm I'm been waiting for this game for a very long time. But I am excited because Legends of Sleepy Hollow finally showed up. <laughs> Number one, I'm excited for this game because I've been waiting for it for like four years. <laughs> <laughs> Two, I'm excited because the artwork looks super different. It's like sepia tone, pen and ink style artwork. Hmm. So just very different. There's so many games that we play now that the artwork might be great, but it's also very samey, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, so this one definitely has a spooky feel. And basically you're playing as people in the town who are fighting off the forces of evil uh, in the town. And everybody has different abilities and it's cooperative. And it's basically a dungeon crawler, except you're doing it through the town of Sleepy Hollow. Mm. And so there's different scenarios and you set up the... There's different floor plans. You set up the boards and then you fight off the minions. So not overly complex from what I understand. <laughs> I am a little apprehensive because there have been some comments about the rule book not being great, which the, the fact that they pulled this game back to rewrite the rules, which is what delayed the project so long and the rules still aren't that great, <laughs> makes me a little apprehensive. But the good thing about uh, modern technology meeting board game groups is that there are plenty of videos out there on how to play, and they do set the rule book straight. Mm -hmm. So, you know, first copy, Kickstarter game, it's there are always going to be bugs, right? First game. Mm -hmm. So, but I am interested in playing. I think it'll be a good one to bring out around Halloween. 
you know, yeah. get a couple plays in beforehand and then, you know, spooky time Halloween <laughs> game. So that's what I'm excited about. How about you? What are you excited about? I am excited. So on our trip, when Jordan and I got to spend a day in Madison, we picked up a game and one of our two impulse buys for that weekend, we picked up a game called Rescuing Robin Hood. I enjoy Robin Hood. It's one of my literary addictions, I guess. I really mm-hmm. enjoy I enjoy mm-hmm. pretty much any Pride and Prejudice rewrite. I enjoy pretty much any Robin Hood rewrite. Like, <laughs> I just enjoy the, the heck out of them. The BBC Robin Hood show was great. Loved it. You know, just it, it had its high points and low points, but I like Robin Hood. So, and we have, I have not played the crazy Robin Hood one that you guys played that I remember you guys sat on it for an hour, then came in to watch a video and then back <laughs> yes. up to play. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's um, a new legacy Robin Hood mm-hmm. that we haven't touched yet that I'm excited to mess with. But this one is on the lighter side of things. So a little bit more complex than Project L. So this is on Board Game Geek. I think it's like a 2, 2.4. But this sure. is a cooperative game that you are working together to gather your merry band and go rescue Robin Hood. (laughs) That's what you're doing. And you're going to storm Nottingham Castle and you're going to try to take it down. And then you're going to, if you can take down Nottingham Castle and the guards, then you rescue Robin Hood. And then I think if you want to do like the extra super hard, you can also try to take down the sheriff and that's an extra thing. So it's a, a deck builder. So Jordan has been looking for some cooperative type deck builders. So this fits that bill. It looks cool. The characters have really punny names, and that's kind of fun. You know, it's very tongue-in-cheek, very cartoonish, cutesy art. You know, like, for example, there's one of the farmers here. His name is Tib for Tat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're just very funny. And so you get to be one of the merry men. And so, like, you can be Friar Tuck. You can be Alana Dale. You can be... Any of those made Marion, and then they each have kind of special powers that they can do. And I believe you have to fight guards and get through these sequences. It's like five days, I think. You have to get through five days. And then at the end of the fifth day, you're off to fight Robin Hood, or you're off to fight the sheriff and see if you can save Robin Hood. So I don't know. I'm excited. I think it sounds kind of fun. So yeah, yeah, cooperative deck builder called Rescuing Robin Hood. And I think it's, this definitely would fit the bill of maybe a, gateway advanced ish not super advanced but like gateway advanced family game like it's not super light but i don't think it's terribly difficult either i think once you get the hang of it it's pretty good and there's a push your luck element there's some other things too when you're fighting guards that's kind of neat so that's what i'm excited about awesome robin hood so what nerdy things have you been up to so i also recently got root the role-playing game and so I have been reading through that rule book. I'm really bad at reading rule books for RPGs. I kind of have to force myself to do it because I want to flip through to the good parts. Like I want to flip through to character building and <laughs> I want to flip through to the monsters. And I like flipping through those kind of mm-hmm. books. But, you know, when you're going to run a campaign, you have to understand the background. So I've been really forcing myself to read the technical parts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually finding it really interesting. I love that the books are smaller and hardcover and it's full of all the artwork that is in root. So that's been kind of fun. But that's about it. I haven't been doing too much else. What have you been up to? Kind of the same. It's been pretty light as far as like extra stuff, just 
busy with school and and science olympiad and all that kind of stuff but i have been getting back into breath of the wild which is good i would like to kind of at least get to the finish point and i know people are gonna be mad at me but i don't particularly love the battle part of breath of the wild i love all the side questies type stuff and doing the shrines and i'm getting better at battle that is good but i will be honest i might be one of those people that like does all the stuff get to calamity ganon and i'm gonna be like eh, i'm good <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I did all the things that I needed to do and move on with my life, you know. I don't know. We'll see. At that point, I might just have to try to finish it because I have gotten better. So I, I fought the whichever wind blight Ganon thing. I don't even know what it's called, which is terrible. But when I was getting to the bird guardian, I fought that guy and beat him my first try, which is not something I do because I'm not great at combat. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> and I just recently beat a Hinox as well, which are the big dudes. So I, I'm feeling like I might get to the point where I can do it. But now I'm to the point where I actually have to start killing the guardians, which I like the sentinel robot type things, mm-hmm. and they're really difficult to kill some of them. So that's a little challenging, but it's, it's good. It's been, I've been trying to play more consistently because I know that's part of my problem is that I will play for a weekend, you know, for a few hours and then I won't touch it for two months. Well, of course, I'm not going to get better at battle when I don't do it. So, cause I did not start video games with battle components, right? I started with Tetris and (laughs) Mario and whatever. So that's new to me. So, you know, with the exception of some Halo that I was terrible at 10 years ago, (laughs) you know, that's, that's about all I've been, been doing. So it's been kind of good, but my, I would like to play the Pokemon game because Jordan has Pokemon Arceus um, or Arceus, Arceus, I don't know, however you say that, but the more open world type Pokemon. Yep. And I'm interested in that one. I don't know that I'm interested in some of the other Pokemon games. I've played them and I just, I'm not into the grind, you know, I'm not really into that kind of stuff. So, but I like the idea of the open world. So I'm thinking I might want to play that one, but I'm like, huh, I'm not going to let myself start that one until... I'm at least to the point where I'm happy in Breath of the Wild that I've done most of the things that I wanted to do. So that's where I'm at. I've almost unlocked all the stuff on the map in Breath of the Wild, which makes me happy. And I've defeated two of the four guardians. So I ignored the desert one. So that might be my next thing to go back and do the (laughs) desert one. (laughs) But lightning is not my friend. So I haven't made myself go back. But yeah, so that's really all I've been doing. Just messing around with Breath of the Wild. And that's been good. Once in a while, you know, we watched watch TV at the end of the night. We've been watching Home Improvement (laughs) because we like to watch some of those older shows. And I'll sit and play the Switch as we watch. And that's kind of nice too. Yeah. 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 That's my nerdy thing. Awesome. Well, everybody, I think that's about it for this week. I hope that you are finding opportunities to be kind to one another and to play some games. And we will see you next week. Bye.